Welcome to the Tweet Trends Podcast. Hey, Yvette, what's trending today? Hey, I'm Yvette. Hey, girl. And you are tuned into Tweet Trends. It's the quickest way to find out what's trending today. Tweet Trends. Today is National Pregnancy and Infant Loss Remembrance Day. And this day has a very special place in my heart because I have experienced child loss, um, both through miscarriage as well as having my infant son pass away. So this is a really big one for me. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I really only have one topic, one actual um, article or piece of information to share. And the other two things um, are both books. And one is a story that goes along with the book. But I I feel really strongly about this. So this is the way I'm taking today's um, episode. So if you don't mind, humor me and um, let's get started. So this first topic deals with infertility and miscarriage. And in many cases, when when those two topics come up, there's a female focus. But there's some new research that came out in the in regards to the role that men play in infertility and miscarriage, especially when it comes to smoking marijuana. Now, I thought this one, this particular topic was right on time because marijuana is like the big thing now. Everybody is talking about marijuana and investing in it and, you know, what states say that it's okay to smoke it and all of this and that and the third about marijuana. And this particular study showed that men that smoked marijuana once or more a week, their partners were twice as likely to experience a miscarriage when pregnant. And, you know, that it's it's kind of relieving in a sense because women put so much on themselves when it comes to a miscarriage or a stillbirth or, you know, what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? What could I have done right? And in a lot of cases, there's nothing that you could have done to change it. Um, it was just what happened, the, the quality of the egg, the quality of the sperm. But this particular study is saying that the men that smoked marijuana on that more frequent basis, that the quality of their sperm was decreased. And they're thinking that that is the reason why the pregnancies ended in miscarriage was because of that poor quality of sperm. And so, you know, it's something that is worth thinking about. It's worth considering, you know, if you and your significant other are really serious about wanting to have a baby and you just have this habit where you just got to smoke weed, you know, now this is the conversation that needs to be had. Do you need to lay off of the marijuana so that hopefully you can have a, a good pregnancy and, you know, it run the full term? Or are you so hooked on it that you've got to keep smoking it 
And, you know, if we miscarry, then we miscarry and maybe we just weren't meant to have that particular baby. You know, that it's a tough spot to be in. And it's definitely tough for the woman because from the time that you find out that you're pregnant, you start feeling different in most cases. There are some women that don't have that maternal bone and so they don't feel it. But in a lot of cases, women... You know, even when women have babies and the babies pass, the the pain that the mother feels is way, way more amplified than the pain that the father felt because there is a different connection. You know, you carried a baby for nine months and you think about all the times that you were sick or that the heat bothered you or all these crazy things that happened to your body throughout the process, you know. It it makes you feel some type of way. So just to keep this in mind, marijuana may have a negative effect on sperm quality, which then may affect the pregnancy and can possibly cause miscarriage. Keep that in your back pocket. Think about it and let's make some good choices. Now, this next one is a story about a young lady named Amy who gave birth to a stillborn at 38 weeks. And then she lost two more children after that. So bear with me. Um, I'm not going to read her full story, but I'm just going to kind of highlight some of the pieces of it. Um, when her and her husband found out they were pregnant with their first child, they were very excited. But at 38 weeks... They unexpectedly lost that child. They don't have any information as to what happened to cause the them to have a stillborn, but it was just kind of what happened. Now, you can imagine the shock that they probably experienced because of it, the fact that, you know, you get to 38 weeks and then nothing you know, the one of the hardest parts, and she even says it in her story, was saying goodbye, that they stayed there with the baby for 12 hours. And then they finally were at a place where they were okay to say goodbye. And they had to walk out of that hospital empty handed. And, you know, they got to their car and the car seat was in the car and at the house, the baby's room was already decorated and And so those extra little things or just those constant little reminders of what should have been, but was not, you know, and then on top of that, the physical portion of being pregnant, like there's nothing that tells your body that, okay, your baby was born a stillborn. Therefore, oh, breast, you don't need to produce milk. Oh, you know, all the other crazy stuff that happens, the bleeding and all that. Like, oh, you guys can go back to normal, you know, cycle. You can come back regular because this baby's not here. No, she still had to go through all of that with her milk coming in and the different pains and everything dealing with it. And she said that six to 12 months down the line, the the grief set in even worse. And especially, you know, when you come around to the birthday of the child, um, 
those are tough days. Holidays are hard, you know, Christmas is because you think about all the different things that you could have, should have, would have been doing, but because this child's not here. And then on top of that, Mother's Day is very hard because you know that you're a mother, you know that you gave birth to a child. And although that child's not there with you, you're still a mother, but people won't recognize you. It's like, unless you have a child right there on your hip, People don't normally recognize you. Sometimes your family will even not say anything like they won't call the child's name or anything because they're afraid that they're going to upset you. And really, it's not there's nothing that anyone can do. There's nothing you can do to upset someone who had a child that is now deceased. There's nothing you can do unless you are saying bad things about them and their child. But to remember them. If they start to cry, it's just because of the love that's inside of them, not because of anything that you said. So just kind of keep that in mind. But let me get back to the story because I I have a problem with that. I kind of get off track here and there. But okay. so um, this young lady, Amy, they ended up pregnant again six months later, only to then have uh, another miscarriage. This was an early term miscarriage. Um, that was at like seven weeks, but then two months after that, she got pregnant a third time. Now, one thing that people I think don't realize is that once you've, when you've gotten pregnant and then like, say you miscarry or whatever, there's something in your body that still wants you to be pregnant. It still wants that whole, like it's in that mode. So, uh, I've heard a lot of people say that it, it was easier to get pregnant again right after because they just had a baby and it seems like, bam, it happened again. Um, But once again, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come all the way to the finish line because with this third pregnancy that Amy had, they lost a third one as well. It was an ectopic pregnancy, which is where the pregnancy is happening in the tubes And along with losing that child, she lost that tube as well. She had to have surgery. And, you know, things just, when you go through stuff like that, life just seems so unfair because you'll see these little teenagers running around pregnant and everybody looks like they're pregnant and just popping babies out left and right. And there you are like, what about me, God? What about me? And so, um, You know, so she ends up pregnant a fourth time and she made it to 34 weeks when she was rushed to the emergency room with a catastrophic spontaneous abdominal hemorrhage. So you can imagine really bad, right? To the point where they had to put her in a coma for 24 hours, but she came through, the baby came through and now he's a healthy little fella, you know, and there's pictures of him and her and her husband and the little boy together. And the beautiful thing about this whole thing is that she took her story and turned it into a a book. And that that's the the bottom line in my story that I wanted to highlight. It's a book called Heart Space. And it's a self-directed, therapeutically reviewed book designed to help families through all stages, stages excuse me, of pregnancy, infant, and child loss. And I think that this is so awesome because of the fact that when you're in that space, 
and people are coming to you saying, oh, call me if you need me, call me if you need something or need help or, you know, when she left out of that hospital without a baby in her arms, what they gave her were some pamphlets, some booklets. But after that, you have to find your own way. So if you want help, you got to go find the help. They don't then send you with a counselor and have someone come to check on you and say, here, let me help you get some things in order. Let me help you put you in contact with somebody to talk to, put you in contact with a group that, you know, is made up of people who have experienced the same type of loss as you or something similar. There, there aren't things like that out there. You are on your freaking own when you walk out of that hospital. And I say that because I speak from experience, you know, you're on your own, especially with miscarriage. If it's an early term miscarriage, then, you know, you're in a really bad place and don't have gone to some doctor's appointments where they have you fill out forms because they do have nurses or something that follow up with pregnant women because you're still on that list. Nobody goes and takes your name off the list so that those people don't contact you. So then you'll get a phone call saying, hey, congratulations. We heard that you were pregnant and we just want to set up some time that maybe we can sit down and talk with you. And then you've got that lump in your throat and you're listening to them talk and you want to scream to make them shut up so that you can tell them, look, I'm not pregnant anymore. And then it's the whole, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, and then they eventually get off the phone because they're not trying to sit and talk with you. (laughs) They've got the other list of girls to call, you know. So um, I'm going to link to this particular book. It's about $50. She actually lives in Australia. Um, But, you know, there's really no price tag on your mental health And um, I think that this book is a very good start for someone who has experienced this type of loss. Here's one more book I want to quickly highlight. It's called Angel Book, A Baby Loss Journal. And the journal is meant to help mothers who've experienced the loss of a baby through miscarriage, stillbirth, or neonatal demise. And the book contains phrases and prompts that highlight the baby's imprint on the mother's life and provides uplifting quotes from the baby loss community. It allows the mothers to commemorate and honor the brief life of their baby in a meaningful way that will also help heal and inspire her grieving heart. Now, this one is something that you can find on Amazon, so I'll also link this as well. My apologies for the extended remix version of Tweet Trends today, but as I told you, National Pregnancy and Infant Loss Remembrance Day is a day that I hold very close to my heart. Um... So I wanted to make sure I got those pieces in as well as I want to share the wave of light celebration that happens today and you can join in. You don't have to know someone who's lost a child or have lost one yourself, but to think of and remember those people who have the wave of light celebration is where at seven o'clock in your time zone, you light a candle and let it stay lit for that hour. And it 
turns into a wave of light because say on the east coast we light our candles at seven and then as we go scroll through the different time zones different people will be lighting their candles as well which will have the wave of light go across and it'd be like one beautiful circle or i guess a circle is the best way i can describe it of light to shine um not only a light, but to bring awareness to what all goes on with pregnancy loss and child loss. So if you would join me, because at seven o'clock my time, I will be lighting a candle and I would ask that you do the same in your time zone. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to Tweet Trends. If you would, head on over to Twitter and follow me at HeyYvette, that's at H-E-Y-E-V-E-T-T-E, or just look for the hashtag TweetTrends, and I will see you on Thursday. Have a great day.